Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm one of the hosts of a podcast about the CW Supergirl TV series called Supergirl Radio. And I am also a contributor to a podcast that breaks the DCEU down scene by scene called Justice League Universe Podcast. Cool. All right. Today we're talking about minute 110 of Suicide Squad, which is going to start with um, basically Diablo getting uh, kicked into, um, gets kicked into like, I'm going to assume is like a, like a terminal, like a, not a terminal, but like, it's like a booth like a booth area in a, in a, in a I honestly don't know the uh, the architecture of of subway stations, so yeah. I could not tell you what I'm trying to like think of what that's is. called, but he gets kicked in like uh, basically a place where you would like maybe buy your tickets or like like maps and stuff like that, and like not really a gift shop, but like some some sort of like information kiosk. Kiosk. Oh. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> it's a kiosk. You were kiosk. just looking for kiosk. Oh my god. Okay. I was really struggling with that word. Blanket uh, term. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then the minute's going to end with Diablo fighting Incubus, but... Monster fight. Monster fight. Incredible. <laughs> uh, Diablo in a new form. Um, so, yeah. Uh, just to start it off, does anyone have like anything they really want to talk about, first of all, in this minute? Anything? Oh, I do. Yeah. I do. Go for raising, it. Raising my hand. <laughs> Um, so we talked about Diablo is maybe knocked into a, a kiosk of some em- employee who works there in the subway station. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks like, uh, when you go further on in the minute that he's, when he's knocked out, he's surrounded by, uh, like a broken mirror maybe, or broken glass. And mm-hmm. there's pictures on there of kids. Um, and so I think that imagery uh, says a lot to me about his character and where he is right now. Because uh, oftentimes with TV and film, broken glass or broken mirrors or something like that is uh, very, <laughs> I guess, in some ways, heavy imagery of brokenness mm-hmm. of uh, something, you know, a family being broken apart or split up or there are cracks in it. Mm-hmm. Um, something bad has happened. So I like the idea that he is next to this cracked glass, this broken mirror of his, you know, of near these pictures of kids, to, you know, that reflect back to his broken family and his mm-hmm. his broken life that he is uh, responsible for in a lot of ways. And so I, I like that that that's the moment when he's sitting there, you know, on the ground with that that imagery. That is what literally fires him up. <laughs> so I, I think that that is a great way to ignite. I'm, I'm going with a lot of fire puns that ignites him into action to to get to the point where he can he can fight Incubus. It's all yeah. part of the plan. It's all, good. All it's good written. motivation. Um, <laughs> yes. I think it's, it's definitive motivation. I am thinking so I don't know if these kids are the same as 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 his kids. You think it's like a hallucination, like another vision? I don't know. I think it's I think it's real, it's physical, but I think the pictures are of his kids. Ah, <laughs> so, you and know what I mean? Like he's seeing his Yeah, kids he's that, he's seeing like they it could be a picture of family like a random family, but what he is seeing is probably like his kids. But I don't know. Movie magic, it could have just been random, mm-hmm. you know, 
wallet size pictures of kids. Yeah, at first I I thought it was um, like the first time seeing it, I was like, are those are those his kids? Is yeah. it, is like are those photos really there? And it, yeah, and it's weird that we had that conversation because it isn't so obvious, not in this uh, film franchise that imagery like that would be um, e- like either a vision or. Like no, that's actually photos of people and mm-hmm. and and like that. Uh, I guess it's like a barbershop. It's called the razor the razor strap. Oh, is it a barbershop that he it's falls like, into? So, so he's in the store. Okay, okay. Yeah. That would that would make more sense that maybe that's the barber's kids or something. Yeah, something like that. I guess it's called the would. razor strap. It's called the razor strap, and he's using the same lettering as the Suicide Squad title. Oh, neat. Yeah, and then right next to it is uh, Joe's Joe, which is a coffee shop that is completely untouched. <laughs> yeah it, lights are still on power is still running still good yeah <laughs> the, the power is still the, on to the building it still has electricity you're yeah. totally right Just <laughs> uh, it's fine we gotta have that coffee shop in the morning that's mm-hmm. where the yeah. crew go you know when they stop filming um but yeah it, it it is one of those things where um you think back to like the other dc films and and something like seeing your your passed away father show up and then like give you words of wisdom and encouragement. It's like it's all fair game that I could question like whether those photographs are actually just showing up for him on that mirror or not. Um, but it is pretty. It is pretty like um, it, it. It is a good like as far as filmmaking that they decided they were going to put him like when he get, tries to get up from that debris, that there's going to be a mirror there and the photos of kids and stuff like that. And so that's a decision that filmmakers have to make. It's not just like, oh, you know, he just gets up and he gets back in the fight. It's like, no, we're going to do some symbolic imagery, even if it if the kids aren't actually his. Yeah. So it's, it's still, it's, it's, it's a, that decision. It's making. motivation. Yeah, exactly. It's so well done. Um, the other members of the Suicide Squad are trying to help him uh, get him, get Incubus into the corner where the bomb is supposed to be placed because GQ now has the bomb since Killer Croc is helping him by taking on all of the eyes of the adversary. And um, like, what's really cool about it is, uh, uh, Rebecca, you said this yesterday, but the team is ineffective against Incubus, but they're still trying um, to like stall or move him and they're, like they know that what they're doing is is ineffective, but they still continue to do it. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, I I like that because they're working as a team. They are a team now. It's not just a bunch of villains individually. They are now working and operating as a team. Yeah, yeah. Teamwork is very prevalent in this minute. Yeah, and it's not it's not just like they're all doing their own. Like okay, now I'm gonna try and fix the mm-hmm. situation. I think they even do that in in yesterday's minute where it was like they each took like their turn whacking at incubus but this time it's like no we shoot him then like harley quinn and captain boomerang they jump in and try to like push him further into that corner so they are trying to push him um and so it is really cool um well even uh croc underwater is doing his part as in working as a, a a teammate with uh, the military to make sure that they have the opportunity to do what they need to do. So Croc handles a certain amount of business where uh, he's he's taking care of that so that his teammate underwater can can do his job. So I think it's cool that you get to see that even even there under the water. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the, and that there's that communication that mm-hmm. Killer Croc says, "Go on, do the mission, 
I will hold them off. It's it's not, you know, Killer Croc doesn't try to make it the Killer Croc show and say, I, I'm i the most adept for this. I'm just going to swim, get that bomb, put it up there. You guys do whatever. You're, you're still just tourists in the sewer. Like, he really does also consider these people, not just the metahumans in the Suicide Squad, but, like, also these soldiers as well to be teammates. Mm-hmm. They're all on the same team. Yeah. So, um, really cool stuff. But, obviously, the big moment in this minute is when Diablo transforms into what I'm guessing is is who he always is, just entrapped in the human body, like... When I saw this minute for the first time in theaters, I was like, I honestly did like a look around going, is this like, what is this? Like, it's, <laughs> it's totally out of left field. And, and it's like one of the most surprising things. Um, I think this whole entire DC cinematic universe is done where it's like, like out of all the surprises that there's been, this has been like, I just didn't see this coming. I was like, I, I thought he was just going to continue being fire guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. I I really like this uh, transformation that he goes through. Mm-hmm. I just like how it looks. Um, I mean, this is what we keep talking about with all Aztecian type. Um, mm-hmm. So now, can I have the comparison of, of, oh, yeah, of go Sun for Gods? It. Go no, for I don't know. I'm, I'm asking. That, like, what is uh, the floor is yours, Nate? What can we draw from these two beings just by uh, character design? Yeah, because we, we know um, that Enchantress and her brother, um, they come from South America, mm-hmm. and like they come from um, that kind of mythology and, and, and that history and in, in, in world history. But so does Diablo bear like those mythological and like the, that, uh, that culture, mm-hmm. that ancient culture, that, that Aztec and the Mayan um, like symbols and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it is kind of like, it begs the question, like, w- are these related? Like more, more so than just being, hey, you guys are both magic based. It's almost like, like. It's like Diablo is more tribal. But it's almost like, how are these not related in any way? Like, how are they not, like, saying, like, oh, like... Um, like, I, did, did Diablo's Fire DDD already have a fight with Incubus that's and what, like, Enchantress? Like, I guess when you think of, like, Greek gods and yeah. stuff, where they go, oh, yeah, Ares in, like... Oh, yeah, I know him. It's like, yeah. don't, you, you would have think, like, they would be like, oh, Diablo from, you know, part of our religion or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, don't don't they speak the same language? The, the when when Di- Diablo says it's on B word, uh, when he says that, it looks like it's in the same font mm-hmm. as when Enchantress and Incubus speak to each other. Mm-hmm. So I I think there is something to the fact that they might be connected somehow because it it does look like they maybe speak the same language I'm not sure what language is it spanish he Do they speaks, speak spanish he speaks spanish mm-hmm. but um what does diop what does uh enchantress and i've speak? never taken the time to go listen to what they say so what if they are i also, bet they speak spanish what if they speak in spanish i never noticed yeah <laughs> um but it i mean they obviously understand each other and again they look very similar they look um you know, even though like Diablo's just like a giant skeleton on fire with like mm-hmm. a head, like Native American headdress and stuff, they still look very similar. Like it is fire guy versus fire guy, mm-hmm. and like again, it just like it begs that question: like these 
two look very similar in a mythological sense, not just design wise where it's like, Oh, so they had two fire CGI guys fight. It was like, yeah, but they went and designed the skeletal structure of the, the anatomy of this character. And then the, the anatomy and the symbols of incubus. And they're both based from like Southern to Latin American, like Mm -hmm. cultures. It's like, there is uh, like th- there's something there, and I and I wish there was more information on that. Um, I would love to see more Diablo in the future. Yeah, uh, probably not possible. Um, but it is one of those things where I'm like, okay, someone needs to explain this to me. It would be cool to to find out if they do have a history together. Mm-hmm. If their mythology th- mythologies have history together. Yeah. Again, yeah. that just be and, and you more world building. You don't see that mythology ever being used so much. I mean, Greek mythology is probably like mm-hmm. the most used Christian mythology. It gets played around with. You see the seven deadly sins get used. Nate goes, he Shazam. Um, but like there's, there's some, and, and even, um, um, Arth- Arthurian mythology yeah. is used a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Arthurian and, um, uh, I, is, is Atlantis anything like mythology? Like, what is what is? Uh, there what? is some Atlantean, I guess, uh, speculation on what. I guess there's a legend, or you know, the uh, the Atlantean legend on what that would have been like. So yeah, yeah, I would include that. What is is that Polynesian mythology? I don't know mythology? what that is. I don't know who came up with that, and like, who do you? Or is it Roman? I think it's Roman. Is, uh, I don't know these things. No, it's I'm now, not the well versed. Yeah, now it's like, oh, you don't know what Atlantis mythology is. All right, come I'm on. gonna get that one guy. Yeah, I'm gonna, like come Aquaman come minute on. where they're yeah. gonna be like, oh, let me explain to you all about Atlantis. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, I've seen the movie. Okay, yeah. I've seen Milo's <laughs> Return. Okay, mm-hmm. I know what happened. Listen, this is a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, this isn't Atlantis Minute or yeah. Stargate Atlantis Minute. You can you can send all of your Atlantean mythology comments to at DerbyKit on Twitter. I would be interested in it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. So send, send it my way. You take the brunt of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that point uh, where we do Aquaman Minute and like we'll have like Doc Awkward and Sam Otten who will be like, they'll be opening textbooks and be like, so let me explain to you like Atlantis. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> we'll call them up. <laughs> yeah. We just read a lot of Aquaman books. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about ocean master all day mm-hmm. um but uh yeah diablo's transformation um like is everyone's reaction pretty much the same when you, the first time you saw it you just like it's awesome it's just like incredible right? it's cool it's it's a cool big boss fight i like i like mark you know both of us share the enjoyment of monster fights i enjoy i enjoy people fighting a bigger bad guy than fighting multiple mm-hmm. armies of faceless things yeah <laughs> um like it's the the eyes of the adversary in this movie are so underwhelming and i don't care much for them um like i think the even the parademons were disappointing in uh the other movie well yeah it's i mean that's it, it, but they're supposed to be. They're just the ground troops kind of thing. That it's the invasion when force, read, just like the eyes of the adversary. Parademons should be cool because when we see parademons, we go, "Oh, those are parademons." Yes, but they relate to apocalypse, and big thing of apocalypse is dark side. So they are undercutted. 
<laughs> but uh it, yeah i just but it, like when you see parademons you should be like oh wow that's a parademon yeah but when i see an eyes of the adversary i don't go "Ooh, that's an eyes of the adversary when i see the chitari i don't go "Ooh, that's a chitari i just yeah go, you're right so but when you do see parademons the next thought that's you know right there is apocalypse and then big guy is the, you know dark side and everything mm-hmm. like that so mm-hmm. eyes of the adversary you don't see them and think Oh, Enchantress. Like, oh, big guy Enchantress kind of thing. Um, I, I probably think of Incubus. When you way. see, the, I mean, yeah. Mm, uh, like, where are really, you? Not really, thing. though. That's my question when I think about him. Is like, oh, yeah. Okay, so where are you? Not really. But but when you think of uh, Parademons, like, you have that other planet that you go to. And that's the big threat. The threat of Apocalypse is so much bigger than any of other, um, like, army mm-hmm. depiction in, in comic book things. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's just far superior, just because of that notion. Yeah, and so like, and I try not to compare the two universes, and it's going to happen. But when you have um, the Trinity fighting a big monster creature, and it's mm-hmm. just a one, and it's a really big threat, and it's beating them up, and mm-hmm. they're having a hard time beating it, I find that more enjoyable than as watching other superheroes fight like an army of faceless things and being like wow look how boring yeah, yeah, this but, is but doomsday doesn't have an army he doesn't have acolytes or Thank anything God like that have, no but yeah but that's why i'm saying that that's why it works so much better because yeah, it's just the one exactly it's just the one <laughs> well and there's a personal connection to doomsday because of the fact that it's using zod's dead body in a reanimated form so there's that connection to superman so I think that's what makes it uh, much more interesting for me is having that personal connection to the villain. And I think you get that in this minute of Suicide Squad that Diablo is taking, a, you know, see, you know, seeing those pictures of those kids and thinking about his family. I think he's he he's making this personal. And the fact that he may know the language and maybe these monsters have a connection, mm-hmm. I think there's something personal about that. And that that's what makes that more emotionally rewarding for me is is knowing that there's that, that personal component to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the bigger things coming out of this minute is um, the personal aspects between them. And I, I, the biggest thing is the same language, going back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, and, and, and the, the sentence that he uses, it's on now. Like, oh, oh, you guys speak the same language? Oh, you guys are fighting the same? Well, okay, I get mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. you guys are literally on the same level. And also, um, earlier this week when Enchantress was talking to Diablo and she was like, how long have you been able to see? And, like, she recognizes his ability mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And she didn't even have to go, uh, she didn't even have to see this moment to know, like, how special he was. So, like, it's it's her awareness of him that's also, like, Okay, this is there's, there's a lot more connected here, especially so, with the magic. So maybe Diablo's final form isn't necessarily on the same sun god level of mm-hmm. Incubus, but it stems from the same power. Yes, it still stems from magic and everything like that. So yeah, but maybe in the mythology of Diablo and his character, that Incubus and Enchantress are still a few rungs higher than him, mm-hmm. you know, where they are the ones that are keepers of this power and magic and Diablo just kind of, uh, influences it. You know what I mean? Kind of as if, uh, if, if Incubus and Enchantress maybe gifted other individuals with like the same abilities that Diablo has. So they keep their corporeal form, but have 
a, a bigger, uh, powerful form. So maybe his power still stems from this, the same mythology, and they're not and they're not opposing gods. Do you know what I mean? I, it's like trickle yeah. down, <laughs> the trickle down metahuman effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. I do. I like that theory. Um, again, go see a movie that we've been talking yes. about. Um, but all magic stems from apparently one source. Uh, uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, you the know the Rock of Eternity. There you go, Nate. I know Shazam, dude. Nate reads his comic books. I don't want anyone to ever question us when it comes to comic books. Uh, Nate knows this stuff. Yeah, that's the whole reason we started this podcast because you had so much knowledge about yeah. comic books. And, yeah, and now we're talking about the movies. The, when the passion was bright and fiery. There you go. Um, but yeah, they do a lot of cool. A lot of cool action stuff. They beat up this guy, uh, and they start moving him over the corner. And I think it's just that. It's just good. It's good time. I got a question about the bomb. Yes, we were talking about the bomb. Two before. seconds. Yeah, the two second bomb. So again, it's it's placed on the wall, um, mm-hmm. and that is uh, Rick Flagg had to have done that when Enchantress armed it and gave it back to him, and he disarmed it and was like, okay, well, I guess I'll finish the job by putting it on the wall and then leaving and not detonating it. It just, remember we were talking, it's like it's the bomb should have been like on the ground. It's on the ground. Oh, is that a, okay. That's yeah. not a wall. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's, that's a top down shot. If you actually shot. look at that, um, it's the, tra- the tracks. Oh, so it is exactly where he left it. He dropped it. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so he has to like, he does what we said, which literally was, you have to put it on the ceiling, like yeah. literally grab the bomb and bring it up, mm-hmm. like because that's what they couldn't do. Because they didn't have a cherry picker. Yeah, they didn't. The Enchantress was supposed to, like, they were directly underneath Incubus, and they were like, "Okay, you have to teleport up one level, mm-hmm. arm the two second bomb, pop back down, and and get us out of here." Okay. And she she he. Nah, they they mess it up. She bolts. Yeah, that's what they say in the movie. <laughs> and so they dropped a bomb straight down there. Okay, I didn't know it was laying on the ground. I thought it was placed yeah. on the wall at like eye level. And GQ just had to swim up a few feet. He put, put it, it there the and thing. he said, "I'll be right back for this bomb." I'm yeah, I honestly thought that was. Happening. I'm not going to take the bomb back with me when I go back to base. Yeah, I'm going to leave the bomb there. Mm-hmm. So anybody can stumble it, across yeah. it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't make the rules here. I don't know anything about bomb placement. Maybe I don't know. I watched Hurt Locker a couple times, so I think I'm good. <laughs> a couple times? Yeah. I've seen that more than a couple times. I've seen that really? movie. Really? I enjoy that movie a lot. That's I fair, but... It, it, it's good. Catherine Bigelow. You guys are, Hell are yeah. like, what do you feel like doing today? I feel like watching Hurt Locker. Yeah, Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty. They're, they're anxiety in, enjoyable movies to me. <laughs> just, I mean... You don't ever feel like suspensed up or you just yeah, like I feel suspense and I also feel like it's uh the setting was it's very um it's it's for present time. It's just it's it's one of those just conflict movies that mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy with the the time period and everything like that. Yeah. I don't really I'm I'm not looking at it and studying it from like a historical aspect, being like America Yeah No. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's uh it's good. Jeremy Renner is has a good performance in Jeremy her blocker. Yeah. Um Anthony Mackie as well, really good. Oh yeah. Um and uh, you know, um, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Welcome Jessica Chastain <laughs> in in Zero Dark Thirty. She kills it in that movie. Kills it. Wasn't Bryce Dallas? I get that too mixed nope, up. Nope, Jessica. Nope, Je- <laughs> Jessica. Oh, yeah, not Jessica. no, that's Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the redhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, well, cool. Welcome back to Hurt Locker Minute. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca, <Bigelow> Minute. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us again to talk about Suicide Squad this time. Um, before you go, um, we just want to say thank you. And if you want to let people know where they can find you, uh, please do. Yeah, no, thank you for letting me come back and, and talk about Suicide Squad and, you know, minutes that are parts of my favorite uh, moments in this movie. So I really appreciate it. And y'all are a lot of fun to talk to. And, and I've learned some things along uh, along the way. So that's good. Uh, well, you can find me over at Supergirl Radio. We talk about the CW Supergirl TV series, but we also talk about other things like Supergirl comics and Supergirl the movie. Anything to do with Supergirl, we try to talk about it. So if you want to check us out uh, at SupergirlRadio.com, you can find us there. Uh, I am a contributor to a Justice League Universe podcast, which is over at JLUniverse.Podomatic.com. Uh, we're breaking down... Uh, some Aquaman, some Justice League at this time. Uh, so if you're interested in those. But we also have Suicide Squad uh, as well. So if you want to check out those episodes. And uh, you can find me over at Twitter if you're interested in that. Uh, at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm also, actually, I'll throw this out as well. I'm doing a little voice acting for a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest. Uh, it's a it's a little show about uh, if there was a news station that just reported fake news. Uh, so it's a really funny uh, podcast written by a friend of mine. It's very witty, very well written, and uh, it's not very political. Uh, it's just a bunch of silly stories, and it's uh, kind of like kind of like Thirty Rock, but fake news. So uh, I voice a character named Leanne. So I'm doing a little uh, voice acting in my spare time. So you can also check that out. That's Ooh, fun. Cool. We're both big fans of sketch comedy, mm. audio comedy, all yeah. these things. So uh, check it out. We're getting it. We're, we'll get time. into it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Got a busy schedule on your side of things. Oh, so busy. <laughs> Lots of podcasting, but I enjoy it. It yeah. seems like we're all trying to get there. Once we get a handle on the medium, we we all feel like we want to branch out and do yeah. other things. It seems yeah. like when you when you start to do podcasting, it's very simple. Like, oh, I'm going to hit record and talk mm-hmm. about, it. and that's what this podcast was. This was like our our first baby, Nate, where we got to talk about <laughs> Superman, and uh, and then now we're doing Doom Patrol, which has a lot like a little more production to it, where we do like written scripts and like we talk like we try to talk. Uh, like with characters and we do like some edit like audio editing mm-hmm. um it's fun it's and a then, fun time and now we're like we're also talking about like you know actually writing stuff mm-hmm. and writing things out we've been talking about it for a while off mic and it's it's like those things start to build is fake as a podcast or are you guys doing like a like a just an audio yeah, it's it's a it's a podcast in the in the sense that it's a, like an audio drama. Mm-hmm. So if you think about like radio plays or something like that, that's kind of what it is. But we're doing it in podcast form. So each episode of the podcast is another episode of uh, the fakest series. So uh, I'm recording season two right now. So there's a, a whole season one uh, ready for your enjoyment if you uh, want to listen to it. And it's great. Uh, uh, my friend Bill edits them, and it's just spectacular, the editing he puts into it. Uh, so, yeah, it is, uh, I, I guess you would classify it as some sort of uh, audio drama. That's cool. Audio if, comedy. If they got open audio casting comedy, calls, yeah. 
They got open. Yeah, casting. if you, if you, I will put that out there. He's uh, Bill's always looking for some new voices. So if you want to, yeah, uh, throw my name into in that hat. <laughs> da- dabble into some audio uh, voice acting. Uh, he would love that. Yeah. All righty. Sounds like cool stuff. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for this week. If you've enjoyed everything you've heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. And uh, also, you can also leave us a cool review on iTunes. It's absolutely free and it really helps us out on the show and helps listeners uh, who might be wanting to listen to a new DC podcast. It helps them find this show. Um, so definitely leave a review, hopefully a positive one. I hope you enjoyed everything. You can find us uh, on the Facebook group as well if you want to talk with us guests who have been on the show and listeners who also listen to the show and talk about today's minute, uh, any other minute of Suicide Squad, Man of Steel, or Dawn of Justice minute. We have way too many episodes, uh, so just let us know which one you're on and we'll talk about it. And if we missed anything, you can also chat with us about it and tell us we forgot about how Jack's Ur destroyed the moons and we can go through that whole process again and uh yeah we'll catch you guys next week for minute 111 a suicide squad <laughs>